Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 99. We are one off from 100. It is an exciting time to uh, be doing this podcast. Excited to have Casey back as well to discuss the NFC South today. This will be an interesting one. Um, and we, have, of course, have the uh, previous Super Bowl champs in this division, so I'm curious to see what our takes are on these guys here. Um, but before we dive into the NFC South, want to check in on my co-hosts here. I got Matthew Durgan and Casey Sully, as per usual. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing well. My body may have been in Greece, but my mind was with Aaron Rodgers the whole time. <laughs> and uh, I was hoping I'd come back to some magnificent news. Twas not the case. Instead, he's uh, you know hitting birdies uh, in his golf tournament and throwing balls to people in boats and uh, not making any decisions. So uh, still patiently waiting for that but otherwise am doing well. Well, I'm doing better than our, uh, not your guy, my guy, Richard Sherman, who... Uh, oh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. yeah. That's not one of the things we're going to discuss today, but um, let's just say his career might be over, and it's not for football reasons. So uh, I'm interested to see how this all plays out, but at the moment we're recording this, he is uh, in jail. So not good for him. Not good at all. Not good at all. Um, and I think, I mean, he potentially would have had a, a market. I mean, he, he probably would have found a home yeah. just based on his abilities, but now I don't know. So we'll see with what happens with that, and we'll probably touch on that once we have a little more information. But um, let's talk about the NFC South today. This is kind of an interesting division. Um, each teams have, I think, a, a case to be made as to why they might have a a decent season, uh, some more than others, of course, and and uh, let's talk about that. So, Durgan, we'll start with you mm-hmm. in terms of who you have first. Uh, I have a good feeling who it's going <laughs> to be, but run us through it. Slam dunk pick here for first. Everyone here is playing for second. Uh, it's going to be the Bucks. I have them going twelve and five. Uh, they're the only team in Super Bowl history since it started to return all twenty-two starters from the previous championship team. So while they are getting, I guess, a little bit older, they're not a young team uh, in most positions. Look at Tom Brady's in his mid-40s. Uh, they're, they'll be fine. It, they, they'll have moments this year where they'll look not that good and turn the playoffs, they'll turn it up. And I'm not worried at all about them. But instead of talking about how good they are, I'm going to talk about what can go wrong for them and how can they not win a division. Obviously, if uh, Brady goes down, everything goes, goes south. Uh, but one thing I worry about is... It's not not being mean to them, but the team's desire and will. Because they had a lot of guys last year who were about to be free agents or had played for a little bit and have not won a title. And they kept every single guy. So a lot of guys got paid. And those guys won a championship. So what is there to play for now? I mean, of course, Tom Brady's going to do his thing. He wants to win a bazillion Super Bowls. Everybody else, you got the money, got the ring. Maybe there's some motivation factors going on there. Bruce Arians, he's been coaching forever, and he finally got his. I thought he might retire, but he's back. So the only thing I think that can stop this team is themselves. I'm not big enough to happen. Spoiler, I have them going to the Super Bowl, so I think very highly of this team, as does everybody with a brain. But there could be some roadblocks that get in the way that are more mental, in my opinion, than physical. Sure. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's always the case to be made about a Super Bowl hangover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something we've definitely discussed, and um, I think is a possibility. Uh, that being said, I also have them first without without uh, spoiling too much. But Casey, what do you think? 
Yeah, I also have them as as being first in the division. <laughs> and when when you have a defense like theirs that they can fly around, they were ranked fifth by DVOA last season. Uh, you're going to win a lot of games, even if you do have some struggles on offense like they did last year at, at certain points. Uh, even if Brady goes down, uh, you, you got guys like Vita Vea who's plugging stuff. And I think that was an underrated uh uh, guy coming back from injury yep. he missed the washington game in the first game of the playoffs and then came back uh made a huge difference and then you got sue you got golston jpp shaquille barrett devin white levante david uh you add in uh, durgan's boy antoine winfield jr uh, it's a pretty solid defense top to bottom um and when you have a defense like that that, that can do the things that they can and as, as versatile as they are and, and Todd Bowles is dialing it up and, and calling blitzes and, and causing def- or offenses some some trouble uh, you're going to be in a lot of games even if the offense isn't in stride and the problem is the offense seems to be in stride now which is a problem yep. for the rest of the league uh, so there, there just aren't very many weaknesses to this team. Uh, we were all applauding the Chiefs last year for returning whatever, like 21 or 20 of their Super Bowl starters. And uh, they showed, though, uh, as a warning for the Bucks, that a couple key injuries at one position in, in oh boy, in particular, <laughs> one week off from podcasting, I can't even, can't even speak anymore. Uh, you hit the offensive line, which they're very thin at. Um, could cause some issues because Brady has historically struggled with pressure, especially up up the middle. Uh, if you can get pressure with your defensive tackles, uh, that that's sort of the way to get him off his mark and, and make him move and, and make throws on the move is, is stuff that he doesn't want to do. So uh, as long as they still stay healthy, uh, I see them competing for the Super Bowl again. I have them as being the one seed in the NFC, um, and, th- and they're a pretty complete team, man. There's not a lot of holes to pick in them. Yeah, I think they might be the most complete team, um, and we saw that play out last year. You know, last year they did have a little bit of a slow start. I think they were kind of putting the pieces together and figuring things out. Um, Tom Brady in a new system, you know, Bruce Arians, but they figured it out, and I think this year we don't see that slow start, and we see them kind of come out firing on all cylinders immediately from the get-go, and that's a problem for anybody else with Super Bowl aspirations. So I'm not sure how you beat this team if, uh, unless somehow miraculously Tom Brady finally falls off a cliff, but don't see that happening. So, um, you know, like Durgan said, this is the first team in the salary cap era of the NFL to return all of their starters on both offense and defense um, after winning a Super Bowl. And that's kind of scary. I mean, this was already a really good team, and I think they've gotten better. They've done a tremendous job drafting. I mean, some of the names, if, if we just throw it out in the past uh, few years, Chris Godwin, Devin White, Carlton Davis, Vita Vea, Sean Murphy Bunting, Antoine Winfield Jr., all really good key contributors on this team. So sh- shout out Jason Licht, um, not only bringing back players, but drafting extremely well. And uh, it's it's it just shows, you know, when you build a team correctly, you you know, you get that one integral piece at quarterback and you can really, you can make it happen. So I think they pushed their chips in they at the right time. They drafted extremely well. And uh, I, I don't know how realistic this is, but I had them, I have them going 16 and one, which uh, I, I don't know, man, as I was picking through the games, I'm just not sure who can beat them or who I'd reliably trust to beat them. Um, so I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, this upcoming season. But 
Enough about the Bucks, who I think we all have as the consensus number one. Durgan put it put it nicely. I, I like the way that you said it, where it's sort of a race for second place mm-hmm. for the rest of these three teams here. Um, who do we have coming up uh, coming up next, or uh, do we even have the same team? We may not. Who do you have, Durgan? I got the Saints, and I think they'll be competitive just based on how they're coached. But it seems to be the beginning of the end. Uh, last year, Drew Brees obviously didn't look as good. Um, but I would think Drew Brees, even that is fifty percent of what he was, is better than either quarterback they have currently. Uh, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, I think, is going to be Jameis Winston starting. Uh, I don't know if I would do that, but it's that, that's what it seems to be. Uh, and they don't have many pass catchers to help those quarterbacks out. Of course, they have Michael Thomas, who is phenomenal when he's healthy, and Alvin Kamara is probably their second best receiver. But there's not much depth. So I worry about that. You want to have those pieces there for a quarterback that's new to the system. Uh, even though they've been there for a while, new as a starter, I should say. So that that is worrisome. Uh, if James Winston can limit his interceptions, maybe there is some hope. But he is, mm-hmm. he, yeah, is, that's the right response. Good luck with that. That's the right response because he's a high-risk, high-reward quarterback. That's just the way he's he's wired. And the fact that he in quarterback or in the college, I like, didn't turn the ball over. Hindsight, that's absolutely crazy. Um, but I'm also worried about their defense as a whole because their pass rush uh, isn't great. Cam Jordan's there. I know that he's a great player, but he's he's in his 30s. Uh, there's not much depth at linebacker or secondary, so I think an injury or two at those spots, uh, all of a sudden that defense might not be as strong as it once was. And if, they, if they're going to be good this year and make the playoffs, that defense has to carry them or play at a very high level. Uh, like I said before, Sean Payne's a great coach. Uh, he can elevate decent talent on the offensive side, but I just don't think it's enough in this division. Uh, I've been going 9-8, and eight, which isn't terrible, but uh, definitely mm. missing the playoffs. You know, when I look at the Saints roster, we, we touched on it a little bit last year, that they're they're extremely top-heavy at the, the premier mm. blue-chip positions. Uh, but when I look at it now, they had a very underrated defense last year. They were number two by DVOA. Uh, they have some elite guys with Damari Davis and Lattimore and Jenkins. Uh, Cam Jordan, who who you mentioned, uh, they're kind of built up to look a little bit like the Ravens. Play good defense, run the ball with Alvin Kamara, maybe with Taysom Hill, and sort of play keep away, chew that clock, and and win games that way. I don't know that the way they're set up offensively, defensively, is a team that can sustain turnovers and is going to be this high-flying offense like we're used to seeing with Drew Brees a few years ago. Uh, and that makes me think that maybe Jameis isn't the answer. Now, if he's fixed the turnover problems, he's clearly more talented than Taysom Hill. I like Taysom Hill. I thought he did a, a solid job stepping in. Um, but this team seems like the the identity is going to shift now. Obviously, when you lose the face of your franchise, it's going to be forced to shift. Uh, but I think, really, they're going to start leaning on their defense, playing really good defense, and leaning on Kamara even more than, than ever. Like They were leaning on him a lot as, as it was with dump-offs and, and running the ball uh, just because Brees couldn't push the ball downfield as much. Uh, but I think that storyline is going to come to fruition even more. Jared Cook is still a very, very good, solid uh, tight end, and they have some pieces if Michael Thomas can stay healthy, like like mentioned. Uh, just their supplementary pieces are not really there on offense. So if you can play possession football uh, and grind teams down, uh, I think that's the way for them to win. Uh, ultimately, I don't have them making too much noise. I have them at 7-10 and 10 and being second in the division, but uh, they need some juice at pass rush as well uh, outside of Cam Jordan. 
really haven't heard a whole lot from uh, Marcus Davenport drafted a, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, top heavy, some really nice blue chip guys outside of that, not a whole lot of depth. And I think the formula for them to be able to win games is going to change coming up this year. Yeah, and just real quick, Jared Cook's actually on the Chargers this upcoming season, really? so they don't even have him anymore go. at tight end. Um, so, you know, I agree with the blue chip. I think they have two elite players at their respective positions at running back and wide receiver. I mean, there are cases to be made for both of those players being potentially the best at their position. I mean, they're in that conversation, if anything. So, um, But we saw the implications of that when you go all in on one position like that. I mean, when Michael Thomas was out last season, it was rough. Like the passing game was not quite the same. You could you could see it game to game. So I, I'm not sure what this team does this season. I think there's going to be kind of a big drop off. The question at quarterback will be a really interesting one to follow and seen answered because the difference in this team between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill is is going to be astronomical. Like the the way they play will be the identity of of this team will be completely different depending on the quarterback. So. I don't know if any of us, any of any of us, can really answer the you know who's who's going to be the better option there. It's just it's just something that's going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait and see it. Maybe we'll see like a weird hybrid approach. Yeah, I don't know. Sean Payton's pretty creative, so um, that would be interesting to see. I mean, call me crazy. I think Jameis Winston might be marginally the better option. Um, the problem though is, I mean, depending on the turnovers, like you said, you can't win games if you're turning the ball over too much. So we'll see. But I like this team's defense. I think it was one of the most underrated defenses last season. People didn't really, you know, when when you got Drew Brees at quarterback, the identity of the team is never really going to look externally like a, a defensive juggernaut. But they played like one, and they carry this team through some injuries for sure. Um, I like this O line. I think Teron Armstead and, and Ryan Ramchick are are one of the top pairings at tackle. Um, I like I like uh, their center too. Uh, Cesar Ruiz. No, no, Eric McCoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric McCoy. Ruiz plays guard. Yeah, yeah. That's good. It's good offensive line. Yeah, I, it's good offensive line. Yeah, it's a good offensive line. I wish I could say that that might help Jameis Winston, but when he was on the Bucks, they had a pretty good a offensive line too, and he still turned the ball over like thirty times through the air. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I, you know, I think we've talked about the importance of quarterback before many times. We've harped on it, and um, the problem is really going to be. There is no answer for missing Drew Brees. It just it just is what it is. Like you're going from Drew Brees to going going to one of these guys is going to be similar. Like if the Packers have to go from Aaron Rodgers to to Jordan Love, Ooh. it's just it's just a that's not that's not even like an insult. I'm not meaning that as an no, insult. No, no, it's no, just it's you're going insult. from one of it's the greatest insult. to ever play the game to an unknown entity, right? It's just the way it is. So um, there's an expected drop off with that. I also have them at seven and ten, uh, same as you, Casey but I have them finishing third with that record um, in the division. So that is what I have for the Saints. Let's go on, Durgan. We'll, we'll kind of follow your mm-hmm. rankings and talk about it accordingly. So let's go to who you have in third. So in third, I got the Panthers. And they are the wild card team in this division. I, I don't know how they're... They can be 4-12 and 12, or they can be a 10-win team. Or 4-13 and 13 now, excuse me, 17-game season. They could be a 10-win team as well. It comes down to Sam Darnold. And I am the president of Sam Darnold's fan club that currently is just me by myself. There's no other supporters. Uh, everyone's left. He's, he's been pretty bad. Um, but I have to go 8-9. And I think that if they go 8-9, Sam Darnold would play pretty well. He won't play great, 
but I think he's going to do a lot better. And they'll make a playoff push. They'll, they'll win some games that they should not win. I look at their skill group. Their skill group is really good. And Joe Brady is a star coach in the making. Uh, he has some head coaching. Uh, I think almost every team interviewed him this year. And he's only 32, 33. He's very young. 31. 31. And I'm very surprised you like him because of that. Because it, it always feels <laughs> like you have like a vendetta against these no, young, no, no, young no. coaches. Like, he's a smart guy because he dominated college and is doing very well. He made that offense last year pretty good with Teddy Bridgewater and Mike Davis. Yeah. That that right there, that, that that sold me. I had Mike Davis in fantasy. He was great me for a bit. It was great. Yeah. So he, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Joe Brady fan. I'm also a Matt Rule fan. I think Matt Rule, he's not a big X's and O's guy, but in terms of building teams and the leadership aspect, I think he's really good. I think he's going to be a great coach in the future. Uh, once they figure their quarterback out, whether that be Sam Darnold or somebody else, this team is going to be the best team in the division. Uh, not this year, of course, definitely not this year, um, but two, three years down the road. They got some guys. Uh, J.C. Horn, loved that pick. Hassan Reddick had a great year in Arizona. They got him for really cheap. Uh, some good second-year guys, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin. They, they drafted it a lot in their defense. So their defense has to play better because their offense is going to score points. McCaffrey, got Robbie Anderson, Moore, uh, Terrace Marshall, McCaffrey, of course. So they have enough there to score with anybody. Comes down to the defense. Comes down to Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold can be a little bit better than Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know. This team can be pretty good. So I've been voted 8-9. Not good enough, but definitely an improvement over last year. Uh, yeah, I have them middling a little bit as well at 7-10. and 10, Same as the Saints, but finishing third. Uh, as you believe in Sam Darnold, I do not believe in Sam Darnold. <laughs> and I think that is the uh, linchpin that will... Uh, cause the downfall of the Carolina Panthers because I really like a lot of the rest of their roster as you mentioned I I also really like Joe Brady um I really like their skill guys I like what they've done in in the draft the last couple of years with Horn Chin Derek Brown uh, and you go DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson uh, McCaffrey's healthy like you mentioned like the pieces are there uh they could use a little bit of help on the offensive line but they're, they're getting better there as well um it's just I don't see where the the huge appeal is to yeah Sam Darnold still got a little bit of upside but uh, I don't see him as that much of an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater to to dump a contract and, and mm-hmm. trade Teddy to to the Broncos like that um, I I would have rather seen them try to take a guy that's that's got some real opportunity to to be the future of their franchise because at this point I feel like you're you're headed towards no man's land where you're just always middling and you're never going to be high enough to take a quarterback again. Uh, and you're talking about Sam Darnold, who, yes, had a bad cast, but he's also been a bottom two quarterback in the league the last couple of years and has a QBR of 30 points below average. Uh, so he's not played to his draft pedigree, to, to the idea that people have of him. Um, if he can fix that, Dope. Carolina's going to be pretty good. Uh, if he plays as inconsistently as he has so far, uh, they're going to start to struggle and, and, and have some issues. But uh, I, I think sort of upper level potential to compete for a wild card and, and make some noise and, and do some damage. Uh, but they can also bottom out and, and go, you know, 6 and 11 or, or 5 and 12 or 4 and 13 as well. So uh, nucleus, young nucleus, very good on both sides of the ball. Just need a signal caller to to make it all work. Speaking of bottoming out at five and twelve, I have them at five and twelve. <laughs> there um, you go. And I am also joining you in the anti Sam Darnold fan club, Casey. And um, you you 
basically summed it up beautifully. Like I think you touched on every point that I was gonna that I was gonna mention. Um, they traded three draft picks for a guy who, in my opinion, his upside might be slightly better than Teddy Bridgewater, and he hasn't been anywhere near as good. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been good, so it's kind of like not really sure the the thought process here. You're you're really kind of throwing shit at a wall and hoping it sticks, in my opinion. Like it, it, it was time to fold get a get a young guy and rebuild i think and instead they're going to be stuck in in the middle of of uh round one for a little while but listen this panthers team i think they're a little underappreciated especially at the skill position you guys touched on it you know dj moore is is a stud and i don't think he gets the uh gets the love that he deserves at the wide receiver position so he could be i mean he could be i think he could be a solid fantasy option this year Mm -hmm. i think he has another thousand yard season uh, I would look out for him. Robbie Anderson, also really quality player. Christian McCaffrey, of course. I mean, Durgan, you touched on all these guys. I don't really need to harp on it too much. But um, outside of that, I'm just not really sold on this team. I like what they're doing through the draft. I think they're they're smart with their picks defensively. And Matt Rule, of, co- of course, being a defensive guy, they've taken a ton of defensive players um, in the past few drafts, which is good. J.C. Horn, absolutely love J.C. Horn. Wanted the Eagles to take him if... Uh, if Devonte Smith didn't fall to us, and, and that thing that didn't happen, obviously, but um, it, it's it's just not their season, in my opinion. I think they're headed in the right direction, minus Sam Darnold, which just happens to play the most important position. So we'll see what happens. But I have them at five and twelve, and they're finishing last in this division for me. All right, as a Sam Darnold, but uh, as my guy, <laughs> as your I'm guy. gonna say the reason why they got him is because he's still so young. He's only 24. So you have to almost treat him if you're the Panthers as a rookie, not the rookie, not the rookie contract. But if he shows this year that he has some promise, you got something to build from the future. And if he doesn't, also you're lucked out because you only have him one more year, so you can move on from him easily. Yeah, you give up some, you know, three picks, you know, their middle picks for one of the second rounder, I think. So there's not a bunch of draft capital. And if he fails and you are in the middle, you're 6 and 11 or it's, uh, 7 and 10, you're going to go all in and try to get a Deshaun Watson because you still have your first round picks. So you can still get a big name guy over maybe next offseason. But I think it's worth this year, especially with how things went down with Watson. There's no veteran quarterback option. And them picking at eight, I don't think they were ever interested in moving up to get one of the, the top you know, three or four guys. So. For what they could have done, I think this was their best move. But I'm also saying that as a Sam Darnold fanatic. I mean, I would have rather had Mac Jones than Sam Darnold. Mm. Or uh, Justin Fields. Or Justin Fields. Well, I also think that they didn't think that he would drop to, what was it, 11 or 12. So hindsight, maybe, yeah. I don't know, just to feel I mean, honestly, but if you want to so. you do a little would you rather at quarterback, I probably would have had Ryan Fitzpatrick. Probably would have had Andy Dalton. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can get like something for Cam Newton. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. The Sam Darnold, he, he has played like the worst quarterback in the league. So it's it's a high. I, I think it's a high risk, low reward because no matter what, you're not going to win Super Bowl this year. But you can't find out if you're a franchise quarterback. Adam Gase is a terrible coach. We saw what happened with Ryan Tannehill after he left. Best case scenario, maybe Sam Darnold becomes Ryan Tannehill 2.0. I think it's low risk, low reward. Personally, I just, <laughs> there's just it just seems like 
a, a average move like all around. I don't know. Hey, when, it's not inspiring. When when Darnold you know gets an MVP talks this year, we'll be in fantasy land. But I'll be happy. <laughs> okay, is if that what you? Is, if anyone mentions Sam Darnold and MVP in the same sentence this season, unless it's like the sentences he has no shot. <laughs> the, at the, MVP, yeah, the worst MVP. Then I will eat a ghost pepper with Casey. Yes. Uh, I hope you put some money when you visited Vegas this last weekend on uh, Sam Darnold MVP. Oh, man, I want to know what those there, odds there are. weren't any odds for him. There, <laughs> it was so yeah, it was, it uh, other exist. other. Oh yeah. man! All right, so moving on. All right, well let's to the last team. Yeah, let's jump to the last yes. team. I'm assuming you got the Falcons. Falcons, yeah, yeah obviously in uh, last place. Uh, they could be a surprise team too. Uh, their their cap situations absolutely screwed them. But Arthur Smith, you know. I'm buying these stocks on all these young coaches. Arthur Smith, I think he's a good one. I think he's going to do really good for this offense. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's old, but he's still good enough. Calvin Ridley, I think, is really good. Kyle Pitts, I'm saying it now, 800 yards receiving, eight touchdowns. I think he's going to be really good. I don't even think he's a tight end. He's a receiver in my eyes who can block a little bit. So their offense, and they have Mike Davis, too, looked pretty good last year. So their offense isn't that bad. They have a lot of first-round picks uh, on that unit. So they're going to be able to score points. Problem is their defense. It might be the worst in the league, to be honest. It's really bad. It's really bad. So these teams in the division, I mean, they're just gonna put points on them all day. So they're gonna get a lot of shootouts. Uh, So they'll, they'll, you know, they might hang around in some games, and they might do what the Falcons always do: is go have a huge lead, then blow it at the end, because they they can't upgrade through free agency, and that's not their GM's fault. That's not Arthur Smith's fault. That's just how they inherited it. So they need to find a quarterback for the future. But I think more importantly, they need to find a pass rusher and a linebacker and a corner and a safety. Maybe two of each of those, actually. So I don't think it's going to be a huge rebuild uh, for the Falcons, but they're not, they're not going to be very good this year. 6-11 uh, and 11 in my eyes. Yeah, I, I also have them finishing last in the division at 6-11. and 11. Uh, It may surprise you to hear... Atlanta finished 14th by defensive DVOA last year. They were very, very historically bad to start the season. And when Dan Quinn got fired, uh, they changed some things up and improved vastly. So maybe guys were out of position. I still think there's a lot, a lot of weak points on the the defense. And defense is really kind of a a weak link kind of deal. You can have a top-tier premier corner like Jair Alexander. And then you have Kevin King on the other side, and it doesn't really matter because you can just target Kevin King. Uh, So if you have a weak link on defense, offenses are good enough that they're just going to attack that spot. And that's sort of, I think, the case with the Falcons there, uh, is that they they may have some guys that can play a little bit, but uh, if you have a weak link, you're going to get exposed. Uh, Overall for the Falcons, I'm not really sure what their long-term plans are. Uh, they need uh, quite a bit of help, uh, especially on the defensive side. Uh, they're aging at the quarterback position, and uh, even though they were vastly improved when Dan Quinn left, you know I, I don't know what the long-term plan is. I would imagine with Arthur Smith, if if he wants to create the same identity that he had in in Tennessee with a, a an offense that's focused on the run game and, and creating play action, that's that's very similar to what Kyle Shanahan does. And Matt Ryan was a great fit for that. And it's an opportunity for Calvin Ridley to make a boatload of money this offseason and prove that he can be a number one receiver and, and, and get things done. I would temper expectations a little bit for Kyle Pitts, but he could fit in perfectly. 
perfectly to a, a George Kittle type of role, uh, get some dump offs, work in the flats. If he can prove that he can block at, a, at the NFL level, uh, really big opportunity for him in that kind of offense too. The problem is, who are you running the ball behind on the offensive line and who are you giving the ball to? Mike Davis is great, solid, steady dude. Wouldn't call him a game breaker or that's a premier running back. Not that you really need one in this day and age in, in the NFL. Uh, but you do need an offensive line to create some lanes and, and be some maulers up, up front. Uh, and I'm not sure if the Falcons have that yet. So I think there's going to be a couple year rebuild uh, as they sort of mold it into what Arthur Smith views his offense uh, and what he wants to be. Um, but I, I really do like Calvin Ridley um, and, and I like. Arthur Smith as well, like Durgan does. So uh, maybe we're high on this tier of uh, young coaches, and um, we'll, we'll see how they, they go. Well, I'm definitely apparently somehow high on the Falcons, or higher. I haven't been second. Before I dive into that, though, I think that's an, uh, an absolutely hilarious uh, stat that Dan Quinn, supposedly a defensive head coach, uh, left, and this defense got a lot better. And that's kind of funny to me, and I hope it happens with the Cowboys as well. Um, anyways, the Falcons, I have no idea how I got them ended up at, I have them at eight and nine. I, it's, I don't think they're eight and nine in terms of, uh, talent. I think they have a few key pieces. Matt Ryan's a solid, uh, solid starting quarterback. I actually like Matt Ryan more than most, um, big Calvin Ridley, Ridley fan as well. I think Kyle Pitts, I think Durgan's predictions are, uh, relatively spot on for his upside in his first year. Um, and I'm excited to see what this team can do finally with like an offensive mind at head coach. I think Arthur Smith's the guy and I like where they're headed as a team. Um, they're definitely missing a lot of pieces though. I think specifically on defense, it might be an issue, but, um, Mike Davis don't sleep on him. Like, I think he's an above average running back. Um, and I think he can do a lot of things that you wouldn't expect when you look at him. Cause he kind of looks like a bowling ball, but he's a <laughs> decent pass catcher. Um, out of the backfield so I, I like this team apparently I guess according to our picks I like this team I have them finishing second in this division at eight and nine but we touched on it a little bit I think you know it's it's that race for second place I could I could see an argument here for any of these teams uh, finishing second um, but that is the way the cookie crumbles for me in Atlanta and this was all pre Julio Jones trade as well so um, maybe maybe we see some uh amendments here on my end in terms of records now that julio jones is on titans but um it'll be interesting draft calvin ridley if you can in your fantasy leagues i think he's gonna have a big year shockingly i don't think them losing julio jones is that big of an issue for them because their offense wasn't a problem like calvin ridley's gonna ball out calpa's gonna ball out yeah julio jones is a beast but i don't know maybe spread the ball around more not worry about one guy Score forty right, you points. You love this. You love this addition by subtraction of elite top tier receivers with hey. OBJ and Julio Jones. Hey. I agree though that overall it's not a huge dent to this offense and what they're trying to do. Like they weren't competing for a Super Bowl this year, so I, you know, I think offloading him is a, a fine deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Calvin Ridley is going to be ready to step into that role. Uh, the problem is now they don't have very much behind Calvin Ridley. If he gets so hurt, it's not yeah. that, the, yep. that you lose Julio Jones, it's that you lose the guy that's now behind the the number one guy. Yeah. So Yeah. It's a pretty stark drop off too. I mean Russell Gage is solid, but it's otherwise it's it's people you probably even haven't heard of. So um 
that'll be interesting. You know, honestly, I think this team maybe just should have, if they were going to trade Julio Jones, maybe they should have just somehow figured out a way to, to dump Matt Ryan too and just kind of yeah. start over now a little bit with Arthur Smith and let him kind of rebuild from the ground up. Because um, now you're in an interesting situation where, you know, by the end of Matt Ryan's contract and when, when you're moving on from him, you're going to have to pay Calvin Ridley. You're probably going to have to pay Pitts or be ready to pay Pitts soon. So not really sure like i guess you you touched on it casey it was a good point that like what does the future look like for this team i don't know and i think they're kind of stuck in terms of having an old franchise qb and some young offensive talent all true it's true thank you (laughs) (laughs) any final thoughts here before we uh wrap up the nfc south um i would like one of these teams to surprise the bucks and uh, oh, I think we all would remove Tom fantastic. Brady from the equation because I'm already over him being in the NFC. Don't like it. You're Not pu- a fan. Do go I. go back to the AFC. Bills, Dolphins, and Jets fans said that for about 20 years and never got their wish. So I'm well, they got it. Well, eventually. here's the here's the yeah, question: true. If you had to pick one of these teams that you think would have the best shot to push the Bucks, who would it be? <sighs> Panthers. Uh, Panthers, Saints, and Panthers? the Panthers. Panthers, yeah, they're most talented. It comes on the quarterback. Maybe, yeah. I'm gonna say if health is not an issue, I'm gonna say the Saints. Yeah, I mean, if James, if James Winston like plays like Drew Brees, which no, there's yeah. no way that that I'm happens. Saying it, you know, right, we're, we're theoretically thinking crazy because the thought of the Bucks not being first places. All right, well, if Tom Brady Honestly, plays like James Winston, then I, I think sure. James might play better than Drew Brees. Ooh. I'll take I think that's that's I'm not saying he's he's going to but I think he has the potential to be better than Drew Brees was last year last year okay like okay. if he just like cuts his interceptions in half <laughs> he's not like, bad, I think yeah. he adds more than Drew Brees did last year like, but that's also just part of his identity at this point right I mean he's he's turnover prone like that's become part of who he is sure but if you throw 15 interceptions and not 30 I think they have the potential to be better than the Saints were last year just because it, it opens yeah. up so much more stuff yeah. down the field, uh, arm talent-wise, that, that they just couldn't really do with, with Breeze last year. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, to Jameis Winston's credit, you know, that, the other seasons he played, he had thrown like 14, 15 interceptions um, since 2015. So it was just this one past season. It was kind of an anomaly where he threw 30, 30 interceptions, 33 touchdowns, and 5,000 yards. Like God. It's just a confusing... <laughs> season right because you have such success but combined with such problem problems you know what i mean so yeah we'll see we'll see which james winston shows up if you cannot turn the ball over the saints team i think has a lot of potential for sure i would agree yeah all right i love i love ending the episode on agreement it's just (laughs) so harmonious and and happy it's it's fantastic Um, But let's wrap things up there on episode 99 of the Weekly Spiral. Thank you for tuning in and sticking with us. Uh, We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. But before we head out, I want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content that you should check out and keep an eye out for. Casey, what do you got coming up? I've been doing a series on sort of football 101, explaining schemes and and ideas, run game, pass game, moving into defense now. So you can uh, stay on the lookout for that. That comes out every Monday. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about the intricacies, what the quarterback's so, supposed to be reading, how it puts defenses in conflict, um, what the goal is, the steps in are on, on outside zone or inside zone, power, counter, 
cover one, all that kind of stuff. If you want to go learn a little bit more in depth about football and, and try to apply that, a lot of Madden stuff in there too. It'll help you mm-hmm. out, help your Madden game, mm-hmm. uh, understanding how coverages work and what plays are trying to do. Uh, you can go take a look at that on, on weeklyspiral.com. Yeah, if you want to if you want to pick by formation in Madden instead of picking by play type, yep. Casey's your guy. He's got your back. <laughs> Durgan, what about you? Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau's scouting report's already up. That guy's going to be really, really, really good. Uh, so, I mean, think of J. Devion Clowney, Miles Garrett when you think of him. Uh, next up is Derek Stingley, which will be up next Tuesday, I believe. Uh, he's another guy. He is Jalen Ramsey 2.0. So two of the best players uh, next year's draft I already have covered. So check it out. Awesome. Excited for both of those. This has been a weekly spiral production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day it is awesome, and we'll catch you next week for episode 100.